0: Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's
1: Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. We're back. And we're pumped up. We love this show. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. And the name of this show is Earl Stewart on Cars or Earl on Cars. You can call me Earl. And uh, we've got to get the uh, sound off on the uh, iPad in front of me that's streaming the video. I've got to get used to the live, live video. We are uh, actually uh, been audio for so many years, been doing Earl and Cars audio, uh, say 10 or 11 years. Uh, a few months ago, we figured out how to do video. So we have live Facebook video now, and we're streaming it. And it's really kind of exciting. Uh, what's the show all about? Remember, this is a true oldie channel, and uh, it's all about 60s and 70s music. But we're not at all about 60s and 70s music. We're about how not to get ripped off by your car dealer. That's right. Put it in the vernacular. I may offend some people out there, particularly if you're in the automobile business, retail. But uh, we give you some tips uh, on how to buy or lease a car if you want to maintain or repair your car without being taken advantage of. Uh, by independent garages, by car dealerships. Uh, I try to remind everybody when I say that, that we're not out here. I'm a car dealer. In full transparency, I'm a car dealer. I'm a toilet dealer. I've been a toilet dealer since 1975. I've been a car dealer since 1968. So... Uh, Tina, we know you're holding, but I've got to finish this introduction, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, Hang a on couple Tina. minutes. We've got to let the folks know who tune us in, who we are, because it's music. I Pretty mean, people important. People are going, they're listening to uh, uh, you know, Rock Around the Clock or whatever the, uh, I guess that's even before 60s, isn't it? That's going back. They don't consider that oldies, they consider yeah. the antiquity. Bill so Haley and t- the Comets. Uh, yeah, when they tune us <laughs> in, they, they need to know, this is a talk show, live radio talk. We uh, respond to your questions when you call in, uh, 800-877, I'm sorry, 877-960-9960. You can call us. We have a caller holding right now, one of our favorite callers, Tina, uh, and uh, she's uh, a regular caller. Great, great questions, comments, observations, and that's what this show thrives on, helping you. You might be contemplating buying a car, leasing or maybe you're having some problems with your local car dealer and maintaining. You go into the service drive uh, to get a little thing fixed. Next thing you know, you got a bill for $1,000, and you say, where did that come from? Lots of things happen that get people upset in car dealerships. And I always refer to the Gallup Annual Poll on Honesty and Ethics in professions. And if you have any doubt about the fact that this show is a... Uh, community service that's badly needed. It is truly something that can help the car buyers of the United States. Uh, go to the uh, go- Google Gallup Poll Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Gallup Poll, G-A-L-L-U-P Poll, P-O-L-L, Honesty and Ethics in Professions. Go there and look at the list. Uh, they rank professions from the top, the best, all the way to the bottom. Don't waste yourself at the top time. Go all the way to the bottom and you'll see car dealers. And that's where they have been since 1975 when this poll first started. So that's why we're here. I'm in a studio here at uh, the True Truoli Channel, 95.9, uh, 106.9, and 960 AM with a team of experts. Uh, it isn't all about buying and leasing. I've got Rick Kearney, who is a certified diagnostic Technician, on my right, 20-plus years experience in this business. I've got Nancy Stewart, my co-host.
2: Good morning, everyone.
1: And I've got Stu Stewart. Hey uh, he's my uh, uh, cyber guy. Son. Yeah, he's my son. <laughs> he's, he's a, oh, that's right, you are my son. <laughs> A.K.A. <laughs> son. <laughs> but he's also my cyber guy, and he does the Instagram and the Snapchat and the Facebook <laughs> and the Twitter and all that stuff because we truly communicate worldwide. It is exciting. Uh, We have folks from all over the United States and even the world. You can stream us anywhere in the world. Very exciting. So that's what we're all about. Now that you know who we are and what we're going to do, and you have our telephone number, let's... uh Uh,
2: I think I'll tell the folks uh, thank you again for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars every Saturday morning. Uh, We love your dedication, and you are a very important part of the show. If you're hungry for something new, you found it right here. Give us a call toll free at 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. We're going to go to our first caller. She is a regular caller and she's always filled with a lot of information for us. Good morning, Tina.
0: Good
3: morning. How are y'all doing?
0: Hey, good morning.
3: Good morning. Um, I was just looking at Auto News, and Volkswagen got the smacket's leg down on them. They lost their case in the court, so it's not looking good for them. $10 billion fine, and the potential of having to buy back 500,000 vehicles over diesel gate.
1: Oof. Well, that's uh, I, I, just my comment is... Uh, this sounds kind of uh, strange, but uh, $10 billion is chump change to Volkswagen. They're huge. They're the largest yeah. auto menu. What they need to do is they need to put some of those executives in the slammer, and uh, they need to get the attention. Of all the auto manufacturers, because Volkswagen—they're the biggest offender. Nissan just got busted uh, for lying about their emission control standards, <coughs> only hmm. in uh, only overseas. They weren't—they weren't doing it in the Earl. United States. But a number of the other manufacturers, Earl. yes.
3: Actually, you mentioned criminal charges. Criminal charges are pending. They're opening up a criminal file against the CEO.
4: Hmm.
1: Say that again, Tim. And,
3: co- and if you and if. They've opened. They're opening up a criminal file against the CEO, and they've also arrested and they're getting ready to charge some of the employees, the top tier employees. Wow. So criminal good. charges are pending. That's mm-hmm. good.
1: That's good. That'll get their attention. I mean, what it tells me is that the uh, the manufacturers are worse than we thought. And uh, you know, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's one thing to uh, be sloppy. But when you premeditatedly lie to the customers and to the government, that's real, real serious stuff. I mean, it makes you think, is just the tip of the iceberg? If they're lying about emissions, what else are they lying about?
3: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Consumer Reports has never been a really big fan of Volkswagen anyway. So I I think people buy it for the prestige of the brand. I mean, they do have some really neat, very well-performing vehicles. But when you're living in an area where you depend upon having your car registration tied to, you know, your emissions check and you don't pass, you've got a brand new car or a car that's two or three years old, that's a huge deal. That's a real problem for the consumer.
1: Exactly. And the lie was not just about we have clean emission cars. They actually had a diabolical plot where they designed an um, uh, electronic uh, bypass sort of a thing that would trick the emission testers by actually blowing clean emissions when the diagnostic equipment was hooked up to the car. It was very clever. It was a, a very interestingly brilliant way to lie, cheat, and steal, and uh, wow. they got caught. So I was I was shocked. I'm not normally shocked. I'm, I've never been a big fan of the auto manufacturers, but when Volkswagen got caught doing that and then subsequent manufacturers got caught... I thought, how diabolical, and what other lies have they foisted on the buying public, and the dealers too. Most of the dealers didn't know this was going on. I don't think any of the car dealers knew this was going on.
3: Well, you know, built-in obsolescence was just the tip of the iceberg, and built-in obsolescence started, what, in the 60s, 70s? It mm-hmm. became really popular, so it's just trickled down from there.
1: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't believe that uh, then. And now I'm starting to believe it. You know, a lot of people make conspiracy accusations at big business, you know, whether it's car dealers or manufacturers or insurance companies, there's always a conspiracy theory out there. And I always kind of poo-pooed that. I said, eh, <clears throat> people are, you know, they just don't like big business. But when this omission things happened and they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, I mean, that is pretty, pretty serious. And, uh, 500 billion sounds like a really serious fine it is to anybody else in the world except maybe Volkswagen but uh I think the uh the fact that they will be jailing some of the executives that'll get all the manufacturers attention
3: yeah and th- this judgment was just like I think a 10 billion dollar fine it wasn't 500 billion that would be nice wouldn't it I think that would kind of hurt a little bit more mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 10 billion yeah or 100 billion what was it yeah
3: just just 10
1: 10 billion yeah Nothing.
3: It was It was $10 billion. It would have been nice if it was $500 billion. That would have probably gotten their attention yeah. a little bit more. But, you know, when these upper echelon guys are wearing handcuffs, it's going to make them yeah. think a little bit harder.
4: <laughs> no, it, it's, you
1: know, a billion dollars. Once you get over a billion dollars, I lose concept track. I, I just can't think, you know. Big number. If you... If it's one billion or two billion mm. or three billion or ten, it just sounds. It's like the distance to the nearest star. I can't think in terms of distances that long, yeah. and I can't think in terms of fines. But you have to remember that a lot of these companies, huge companies, international companies, uh, they've got a hundred billion dollars in their bank account. So you find them ten billion dollars, it isn't going to break them, and that's the reason prison sentences are the only thing that really work.
3: Yeah, and the the funny thing is that VW has always been the darling of the eco-conscious generation, Mm -hmm. and this isn't smack in the face, here you are an eco-conscious millennial, let's just say, and you've bought a VW because of its longevity and everything else, and then you're finding out, guess what, you're actually polluting the air. You might be eating a really healthy diet and having a low-waste or no-waste existence, you know, trying to lower your carbon footprint, and all of a sudden you're causing more problems than you thought you are solving yeah. with mm-hmm. the car. And you're the innocent consumer, you know.
1: And the sad part about it, uh, Tina, is that a lot of people just don't care. When this thing first broke, the news first broke, uh, I thought maybe you'll see a dip in Volkswagen sales. The only dip in Volkswagen sales were the, uh, when they had to hold some of these from the uh, sale, and they had to fix them or change them before they could sell them. But in terms of supply and demand, the Volkswagen buyers never blinked. They just kept on buying, buying, buying. Matter of fact, there was some conversation that people preferred the fact that they had a car with low emissions because when you have, or I should say high emissions, when you have high emissions, uh, you have a better performance, accelerate better, better fuel economy, because it blows out, you know, you don't have to have the engine Uh, hampered by the uh, emission controls. It's a a real challenge, and uh, I don't think anyone's got the answer. Uh, We'll see what happens, and they put a few of these guys in jail for a few years. Maybe we will see some adherence to the rules and regulations. Tina, thanks very much for calling. Uh, That is a very important uh, call you made, and I hope some people start to think about that the next time they're out there buying a car as to whether the manufacturer is really telling them exactly like it is
3: Yeah, it's not just doing research on the reliability of the vehicle that you want, but it's doing research on the company to see, is this a company I really want to spend my dollars on? Mm -hmm.
1: Something to think about. Thanks, Tina. Yeah.
2: Have a great day, Tina. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, You know, it would be great if Pam Bondi could help us restore order to the uh, Wild Wild West. Uh, I uh, read a couple of her weekly briefings, and uh, she she is a consumer advocate and she's very interested in protecting all of us Well a few of us Uh, 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and we're going to New Jersey and we're going to talk to Liddy. Welcome to the show Liddy Thank
5: you Um, I have a um, 61 Corvette, and it's fuel injection, and it stalls all the time. I have to keep my uh, foot on the gas pedal to stop it from stalling, and it's ridiculous. I've had it in to a couple of repair shops, and what I've been told is that I have to find a gas station that has high octane fuel for that car. Is that true?
1: Well, we've got an expert here, Liddy, uh, uh certified diagnostic master technician named Rick. Rick, uh, take a run at that. That's a old
6: car, a uh, real well, antique. Right. Uh, you said it was yeah, 1961? Right. Yeah. Mm.
5: Yeah,
6: Well, the interesting thing with the 1961 is that engine was actually originally designed for leaded fuel. If If it's still everything's original on the engine um and yes. fuel injection on that is going to be all mechanical i uh, stalling condition somebody's got something adjusted wrong i would say because it those systems were i don't want to say perfectly bulletproof they you know they had their issues but they were pretty solid they just they didn't have the computer controls that we have nowadays and they ran on leaded fuel, which, yeah, it did have a higher octane rating. Uh, what you might try, and I I don't usually recommend this, but it's kind of, um, shall we say, just a quick test type thing. If you stop in at your local auto parts store and ask for an additive right. for the fuel called 104-104-Octane 104, 104 Boost. And this is actually 104. intended. Okay. Hmm? i'm am sorry ahead. zero four it. yeah. yeah it's it's actually was intended for a lot of the older cars that were meant to have leaded fuel, which ran a higher octane rating, and the octane booster will help to slow down the burn in the engine, but that generally is when you've got a loud knocking or pinging coming from the engine from pre ignition. The fact that it's stalling out' Lindy, sounds like another Lindy, issue. I've got a
1: better idea. Uh, find yourself a real old mechanic. Yeah. And uh, the reason I say that is the very first, first in, uh, fuel injection that that uh, General Motors made, probably the industry made, was back in 1957, and it was a 1957 Pontiac. I think they had a fuel injection in the uh, Chevrolet, too. The Bel Air. In, in 1957, they built one fuel injectioned car for each uh, Pontiac dealer, which was probably only like 800 uh, fuel injected cars, so it was brand new technology, and nobody knew how to work on it. Uh, uh, there were a lot of problems with it because it went from an entire from a carburetor based uh, engine to fuel injection. everybody's saying, "What's fuel injection?" So what you have on that '61 Corvette is the very first design fuel injection uh, the auto industry ever came up with. Um, we have a 1937 Pontiac. Original, and we have problems getting that repaired. And we try to find people that are been around for a long, long time, and have like have worked on antique cars. But I'm I wasn't being tongue in cheek. Uh, I'm being serious. If you could maybe Google, get on the internet or just through word of mouth or some other way, find out you need a mechanic that's about 75 years old. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Pretty much. Got it. yeah. Okay. And he probably has got some really good ideas. You might even be able to find the manual on that. You might even be able to find online somewhere the uh, the owner's manual for a 61 Corvette of that model. But you're not going to find any young whippersnapper like Rick Kearney here oh that's going to be able to tell you how to fix a, a, a 1961 corvette i actually
6: Rick has all the answers i actually have seen a couple of the chevy bel airs with the ramjet fuel injection they wouldn't let me touch them but i was going to say did, my eyeballs on did them, did real you touch hard. them no they, they they well i was at a car show you, and did they, you
2: have your gloves on
6: they they made me have my hands behind my back they would not let me no. touch the cars lydia what do you think do you think you,
1: do you think i'm uh, again i'm being half serious do you think you could uh no i no. ask around
5: Yeah, you know, I do have somebody who's up in that age bracket, okay, but I wasn't sure, like like you were talking about younger people, I wasn't sure that he knew what he was talking about, so I didn't know whether to trust him or not, Hmm. you know? Yeah. So now I know to go back to that gentleman. (laughs) Okay. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think if you could get a manual, they're probably out there. When I restored my 1937 Pontiac, it was amazed at the people that had uh, rattled away uh, stuff. I mean, emblems and parts and owner's manuals. There's something out there on these Corvettes, and if you could get one online... Uh, buy one online or find someone who had one that would loan it to you and then show it to an old mechanic, he could probably go through there and fix that vehicle uh in a heartbeat. It's just question having a guy that understands the old technology. You take an old and then you take that same guy and you open a hood on a new car, he can't tell you anything. Today's new cars are all computers. They have no idea right. what's going on. Right. Yeah,
5: you're right. You're 100 percent right. Hey,
2: Liddy, are you the okay. fir- are you a first time caller? Yes. You just you know won yourself fifty dollars, your pro- Liddy. I don't
5: hear your pro- I don't hear your program in New Jersey. I was in Florida oh. uh, visiting a relative, and that's where I heard the program. And I said, you know what? When I get home, I'm going to call them. <laughs> if, they, if anybody knows something, you guys do. You yeah, know,
2: definitely. So I
5: appreciate your help.
2: Thank you. Hey, stay on the line and give us your uh, information so I can get that check out to you. And uh, before you go, Liddy, let me uh, share one of my most wonderful well one of my most wonderful experiences at the junkyard there was nothing like it back in the day I'm from Pittsburgh and going over to the junkyard on Saturday morning to find that part that I needed for my car it was amazing some of the things that they have over there Uh, to confirm what right. uh, Earl said you know so anyway that's my story we'll get that $50 okay. out to you Liddy Thank you. You're welcome. Give us a call again and spread the word. Yes, I will. We're here every Saturday morning. Thank you. We're going to go straight to John. He, too, is a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning, John.
6: Good morning. Hey, John. Hey, John. Good morning. Good
7: morning to everyone.
0: Good morning. Good morning.
7: Uh, earl briefly touched on one of my favorite cars ever uh, 57 pontiac bonneville fuel injected convertible oh boy now i've followed cars since i've been in high school and i just you know was graduated school but i still followed on the fuel injection which came out in the chevy and the pontiac general motors uh the better uh gm chevy dealers and pontiac dealers sent their mechanics I lived in the New York area, so it was Tarrytown, New York, to a special school uh, all about injection. But many of the dealers didn't bother with it because it was not only rare, but they didn't want to have the expense of sending their mechanic up to that school. So uh, it, it was a complicated at that time, and very few people, when it was new, mm-hmm. could repair it. Exactly. So I just want to run that briefly by. But while we're going back to the old days... I just want to pass briefly on some past topics. One was on the inspection in the state of Florida. Now, Rick and Earl both agreed we wouldn't really get anywhere to revive it again, people waiting on lines. But does anybody know I have the original inspection sticker? It came off a Model A Ford, and a glass guy gave it to me. It has a very low serial number. And would you care to guess what year? that the Florida State semi- Semiannual Inspection came out without looking on a computer?
1: I'll, I'll guess at anything. 52. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with Stu. Uh, Stu says 1952.
7: 1969.
1: 69. Uh, and this is clutch. an
7: absolute sticker. It has a very low serial number on it. Mm-hmm. A Model A, which passed with flying colors. <laughs> I think it was done in northern Florida, you know, in the Tallahassee area. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, well fan, the last year... But I remember my dad, he lived in Boynton Beach. And I know his 75, 76 Pontiac went through the inspection. And the joke about the whole thing was, there was one tire that was questionable. So the regular guy he deals with, he said, listen, don't worry about it. Uh, That tire, I don't know if it's going to pass, but I'll lend you a tire and a rim. I have plenty of extras. (laughs) He used to be in the automobile business in Chicago area where they had a lot of rims and tires already mounted hmm. for the people that would put snow tires on and off you know, for the winter. Yeah. So my father hollered at him, he said, listen to me, if I got a tire that's not safe, you don't have to lend me anything. <laughs> Give me a new tire. <laughs> so there was a lot of games played oh, yeah. with the Florida, and, and worse than that, when I lived in New York, the New York, which they still have, the state's inspection, which is once a year, but they got after them. they closed a lot of them down. There were what called smoking. They would put a good car through, mm-hmm. press those serial numbers into the computer, and naturally the, the, the car would pass with flying colors. Yeah. In the meantime, that car needed items that were, you know needed attention, sure. But yet you would pay money on the side. You'd never see where the car went. My brother in law lived at, worked as a pilot in Kennedy Airport. Mm-hmm. They picked the car up, and somewhere there in South Jamaica, uh, you put money on the side beside the inspection, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it almost turned out to be a joke. But they have correct, corrected, you know, that uh, violations yeah. that were done in the past. But I, I think Rick and uh, Earl agreed we don't really need it, mainly uh, in Florida. We do have clean air. Incidentally, the county of 67 in Florida that has the cleanest air—you'd never guess what it is. It's just north of, of me and you is St. Lucie County. There's no industry and there's no pollution. Basically, there's a—you uh, know—FPNL uh, has a plant, but it's not a, a coal-fired plant.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's but I want to mention
7: that that the inspection was started at 69, and it was a headache for people. I mean, my father went through the lines in Delray Beach, and he had to spend at least a half a day to go through it. But the second thing I want to mention briefly is the additives that just came up now. And Rick mentioned 99 and 44, 100% additives that you put in your fuel or your gas or your engine are just a complete waste of money. Right. But one I do recommend when I lived up north, and I do recommend it for a friend of mine who's a snowbird, he doesn't use the car down here for six months. It's called Stable S T A B U L, and that's a fuel stabilizer that you put in your gas tank, and it prevents the fuel from you know corrosion and just becoming old and stale. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Does Rick agree with me about this additive to the gas, especially to the snowbirds that don't? I use it when I was in the north to my lawnmower, my uh, snowblower. What's Rick's recommendation about the additive you stable for
6: the gas? Stab- fuel stabilizers are definitely good for uh, cars that are going to sit for a long time. Uh, the The actual best answer really is to completely drain all the fuel from the vehicle, but a stabilizer is kind of your, your Band-Aid fix. Uh, I know for myself, I have a generator that I keep handy for hurricane season, and I... Yeah, I can use fuel stabilizer, but I'd rather drain it completely out and dry, and then put fresh fuel in at the beginning of the season. Make sure it's up and running properly.
7: Okay. Well, what about this? I take care of a car for a snowbird, and it's about five month five to six months that it sits. Mm-hmm. Would it, that would be quite a project to drain the gas in that, wouldn't it be? In
6: it would, but too? the other the other actual issue with cars that are with folks that leave a car in one place while they're off, you know in another part of the country for five or six months really the best option is to find someone they trust and have them take that car out about once every couple weeks and drive it because the fuel is only one small issue your tires are also going to get flat spotted for sitting for a long time uh, the oil is going to get contaminated with water vapor that's going to get in there the All the seals are going to start drying out because they rely on a certain amount of oil uh, vapor that actually seeps past the seals in order to keep them lubricated. So those rubber seals are going to dry out and then they're going to start leaking like crazy very quickly. So really the best option is that at least once a month, take the car out for a 15 or 20 mile drive to exercise it and keep the battery charged up at the same time.
7: That's what I do. That's why he uses me. I do it as a courtesy to my friend, and I'm also in my glory because one of the cars that I take care of him of all the things, is a 57 Chevy convertible, naturally no fuel injection. So I take it out just for a couple of miles, and it's a pleasure just to, you know, take care of it and drive it. And also the, uh, in the exhaust, the water Ooh. vapor doesn't build up that way by taking out for a mm-hmm. few miles. And I'm glad to do it once every two weeks. John, well, that solves that problem, like you say.
6: One, one of these days I'm going to get together with you and, and just get, all I want to do is just ride in it with you. I just want to ride in it. <laughs>
7: unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, it's fully restored, and it's uh, his pride and joy. Oh. So, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I want to listen. It's so interesting. For the last couple of weeks I couldn't even get through to call up, so I want to just hang up and let somebody else get a chance.
2: Thank you, John.
0: Thanks, John. Thank you,
1: John. Talk have a great nice, day. Have a
7: good day.
2: Thank you. You too. Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we continue our journey, our focus on the Takata airbag inflator recalls. And uh, with that said, we have a mystery shopping report that you too can be part of. You can vote how you feel about our mystery shopping report. We would love to hear your vote. 877 960 or you can text us if you'd like with that vote at 772 497 6530. And uh, we are going to uh, take you to Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, Florida this week, where we did our mystery shopping report. So you want to stay tuned for that. We are going to go to Mark, who's holding. Thank you, Mark. Mark's from Pompano. Yeah,
4: or,
8: or was in Pompano when I started. Um, i got a point for John. Mark's in Jacksonville uh, now. For the last 11 years, our gasoline contained 10% ethanol. That's a different issue by itself.
6: <laughs> well, and that, that ethanol actually helps a little bit in one other area. Uh, water vapor that gets into your fuel, the it doesn't mix. Water will never mix with gasoline. But that alcohol, the ethanol alcohol, will actually operate as what's known as an emollient. And it will allow itself to bond to the water and then let that water be burned through as an inert gas going through the engine without worrying about the water turning into bubbles of water in the fuel and causing your car to start stalling out because of that water issue.
1: I didn't know that. Mark, uh, I didn't think there was anything good about ethanol. Do you believe what Rick just said?
8: I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I always thought that if if gas and ethanol mix sat months that ethanol would separate and drain to the bottom since it weighs more than the gas
6: Mm -hmm. it will but it very quickly mixes back in with the gas the nice part is when it settles to the bottom any water obviously the water goes to the bottom of the gas tank as well the ethanol then settles with the water and absorbs it and once you start driving the car and it starts shaking you know moving around a little bit and that fuel's moving the ethanol mixes right back into the fuel along with any small amounts of water and doesn't let that water build up in the bottom of the tank.
8: Okay, so the so the reduced fuel economy is actually worth it.
6: Yep, it, it does have some advantages.
8: Okay, I didn't know that either. <laughs>
1: well, that's the, reason, but, that's the reason we got yeah, such a great show here. Yeah. I'm the host of the show, and I didn't know yeah, that. I, so I get educated yeah, just I, like I you a, do. I
8: had a comment regarding sales tactics. I've told this story before and um, wanted to bring it up again. Up in North Carolina, I have an aunt who, she had a 2010 Kia Soul. She got a coupon in the mail from the local Kia dealer up there for a free oil change, and she ended up leaving with a 14 Kia Soul.
1: Wow. Hmm. wow. Yeah, it's a, That's cool. some oil Got change. the oil change on yeah. the 10, but she
8: also... <laughs> She also ended up, ended up leaving with a brand new car.
1: Classic uh, Baton Square They saw her coming. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. They saw no. her coming. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that still believe in the free lunch. When somebody says to you, "This is free," you got know, to immediately uh, reach for your wallet or your purse and run. Uh, there's no free lunch.
8: Right. I mean, not on top of that, they changed the oil for free on the 2010. Then they ended up with the car. <laughs> so they, they
1: gave themselves a free
4: oil
1: change to her. Amazing. Uh, that is that is amazing. It, it is a uh, you look at some of these direct mail pieces. We get them all the time. Our customers that get them in the mail will send them to us, and it's amazing what people will fall for when they see that they're going to win twenty five thousand dollars, or they're going to win a free car. Uh, uh, your aunt got uh, uh, hooked on a free oil change. So she should have held out for a free car. Uh, she wouldn't have got that either, but. Uh, yeah. but you know it's free oil changes are common they uh they get them in the door and then they have a hot shot salesperson that starts to work on the person while they're in the customer waiting lounge and a really good smooth talking salesperson can really sell cars that's what they get paid a lot of money for so yeah be beware of the word free mark we still yeah, got definitely. you there yeah well thanks very much for the call and uh Drive carefully. I know that's what you do for a living. And uh, sorry we had to make you wait so long. And I appreciate your holding all that time while you're hurling north. On well, that's
8: okay. I can hear the radio show through the phone.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, are you going north or south?
8: I'm going north right now to Very Orlando. Good.
1: Very good. Well, have a safe trip. And uh, please call in again. You're one of our favorite callers. I really Nothing like a professional driver to talk about cars. And we hope you can keep calling in.
2: Thank Hi. you, Mark. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, give us a call toll-free if you didn't jot that number down, 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I see from Earl holding his phone up, I believe he has a text to read.
1: Yeah, we're, we like to get a lot more text. Uh, give that text number out again, 772 497 six five three oh that's seven seven two area code four nine seven six five three zero. Oh. and this text is from Craig Henney uh... who didn't want to remain anonymous and he asked a very interesting question what do you think about Tesla selling directly to the public without dealerships boy is that an interesting question a lot of folks don't realize that State laws in all 50 states restrict the sale of automobiles to dealers. The manufacturers are prohibited by law to sell cars. You know, Apple can sell you an Apple iPhone or a Mac computer, but uh, General Motors can't sell you a Chevrolet, and uh, Tesla, in most cases, can't sell you a uh, Tesla. Now, there are ways they get around that and that's by doing it online. Uh, Tesla has lobbied and lobbied and lobbied. Elon Musk has really done a lot of pressuring. Uh, He's a very charismatic CEO, but he has not been able to get a law passed anywhere in the United States that allows Tesla to set up car dealerships that are owned by Tesla. In other words, Tesla cannot sell direct. It's just against the law, against the Florida law. It's against the law in all 50 states. Tesla does have showrooms. They have one uh, in the Gardens Mall in Palm Beach Gardens. They have one in Boynton. Uh, In different states, they have... Some states, they're not even allowed to have the showrooms. But when you go into a Tesla showroom, you can look at the car, and you can talk to a person. He's not a salesperson because, again, we really sell you the car. And if you find a car you want, then you have to order it online. Uh, So... I think that's wrong. I think, uh, you know, I have to wear two hats. Let me I'll put on my car dealership hat for a minute and give you my dealership uh, opinion. That's terrible uh, that a lot of the manufacturers sell cars directly. Uh, Why? Because I'm a car dealer and because I make a lot of money selling cars. And if you said that the manufacturers could do it directly, I might lose my dealership. I might not be able to sell cars if if the state of Florida said suddenly... Toyota can sell cars directly. Toyota sets up a great big website. They, they got a lot of money. They could go all around the state. They could buy up the dealerships or buy another facility. In fact, today, with online technology, you really don't need a very big car dealership. And if Tesla or Toyota or Tesla or Honda or anybody else were selling cars directly, it would put the car dealerships out of business. And that's the reason I get nervous. Because car dealerships are so exploiting the public now. You heard me if you uh, stayed listening to the show since the beginning when we came on the air. We talked about the Gallup Annual Poll on honesty and ethics in professions. Well, the Gallup Annual Poll says since 1975, car dealerships have a terrible reputation. You ask anybody who's the most honest and who's the most dishonest business. And you're going to find car dealerships right at the bottom. They've been at the bottom of the Gallup poll for almost 50 years. This reputation is so bad that there's a lot of desire to be able to deal directly with the manufacturers. If you deal directly with the manufacturers, most people feel you'll get a better, you'll get a better deal, or you'll get at least be getting a more honest, transparent deal. And um, that's the reason Tesla really cannot sell directly to the public. Uh, Craig Henney, thanks very much for that question. Uh, very insightful. Most people don't understand why car dealerships are the way they are. Car dealerships feel like they can get away with what they do because they're protected. They're a, they're a protected species. They cannot be wiped out. They cannot be eliminated. But we can poach them, and we will poach them. Well, <laughs> we <We're laughs> Erl cars. We're, we're car dealers. <laughs> yeah. Oh and then I put on my Earl on cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You have to have back on. My Sorry. consumer my consumer advocate hat says they should free it up and they should let the people that can do the job honestly, safely, transparently, fairly, with good prices sell cars. Don't restrict it to car dealers. Let the car dealers compete with the manufacturers. Yes. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Okay. I know, apologize I
0: for my most tasteless analogy on the show to date. Sorry.
2: I was so <laughs> excited to go out to the Palm Beach Gardens <laughs> Mall to see the uh, Tesla location. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't. I wasn't uh, real excited after I got out there. I expected a little bit more. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You're a very important part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. The lines are open. We're going to go to Craig, who's holding, and he's from Palm Beach Gardens.
1: Hey, Craig, you out there? Craig from Palm Beach Gardens, can you hear us? We may.
9: Yeah, uh, uh, yes.
1: Hello? Hello, hey. we got you.
9: Yes, this is uh, Craig from uh, Craig Henney from Palm Beach. Oh, um, the uh, the Tesla we, we bought a Tesla
4: mm-hmm.
9: X and uh, it it it's a it's a, a, an unbelievable concept. I thought uh, uh, electric cars were a joke until they hit a three hundred mile range.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, now and and with Tesla's uh, uh, series of charging stations, about every fifteen miles. Really? Uh, It's absolutely viable. I mean, I can drive anywhere in this country with that car Mm -hmm. and not worry. Uh, It does take a little longer Mm -hmm. uh, to charge. Uh, If you take it down to, you you know, I wouldn't recommend taking it down below 15% uh, because you start to get nervous because Mm -hmm. it's not like looking for a gas station. Right. Um, But there are, are, are hundreds, thousands of places that I can... I can charge, uh, you know, I can go to the library in Boynton, uh, but there's many, pl- and they're free. Mm-hmm. They give you free electricity. Wow. Now, if you, if you go to the library, of course, it takes you four hours. If you go to the superchargers, it's 25 minutes, half hour.
1: Do you have one at home uh, in your garage?
9: Uh, no, I live in a condo. We live right on the ocean. That's the only way I can afford to live on the island of Palm Beach is in the <laughs> condo. And it, it is prop. I mean, the new law, July 1st, says they can't stop me from putting in a charger. Great. Uh, but for some reason, uh, older people... Um, they have this thing about, uh, they're like Luddites. They fear electric vehicle. Right, oh, we can't yeah. have that here. You they, know. Call it, they
1: call it range, and, uh, range anxiety. They're afraid to run out of electricity on the road, I think.
9: Yeah, but why, why do they care if I have one? That's the thing I haven't been able oh. to understand. Like I said, <laughs> I did not buy an electric car to save the environment. I'm not trying to make a statement. I don't buy onto Elon Musk's vision for this clean planet, uh, because they still have to produce electricity with something, and it's generally, uh, what is it, 71% uh, nat not gas in Florida. So it's still a fossil fuel. Sure. Uh, the idea that an electric motor is about
1: 75%
9: efficient, you lose almost nothing as torque right mm-hmm. to the wheels.
1: Exactly. Now, and, I'm a big supporter this of electric, car you know, you
9: this car is a rocket.
1: Yeah, um, it
9: is the most unbelievable car. I mean, I had a brand new Corvette that couldn't hold a candle to this thing. It'll <laughs> just, just, just rip your head right off.
1: Do you have the? Uh, do, you have the it. do you I'm have the? Do you have the? Tell you the truth. Do you have the ludicrous mode on yours, where you push the button and it goes to the super high power ludicrous? I
9: I, I don't have the ludicrous one. We got the. Uh, it's a it's a 100d. Which is the second highest? The 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 other one was one hundred and fifty thousand. We didn't go for that. Uh-huh. Uh And that's that's what they call self driving. I don't. I'm seventy years old. I still want to hang on to the steering wheel. I'm not ready that. to go down the street <laughs> and go to sleep. But uh, it, it it the the technology. I you know, Earl. I noticed you had a used one there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Did you sell? Did you sell that? Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're very popular. I totally agree with you. The the uh, the Tesla is an amazing vehicle. I almost bought one. I came very close. Nancy and I have been to the Lexus dealership twice. Uh, let me ask you this question uh, on your on your text that you sent in earlier. Am I correct? You d- you did not buy a Tesla from the showroom. You you had to order it online. Am I correct?
9: No, we bought it from the showroom. We went, now they have what they call advisors. We went to Boca, mm-hmm. to the town center mall, just to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty impressed, but you cannot drive it there. Mm-hmm. They have to bring it to you.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: And, and a, an advisor came, and she was very helpful and knowledgeable. I do find the people in the showroom
4: mm-hmm. are
9: generally very young and know nothing.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: You ask them questions, and yeah. they have—they are not salespeople at all because they will, uh, you know. I, I used to sell Subarus, and the worst thing you can do is stand there and argue toe to toe with a customer, sure. and tell them they're wrong, and they will argue with you, and they have erroneous <laughs> information. But Elon Musk is a genius because I yes. mean he has no—he doesn't have, uh, you know, two million units. Uh, of inventory sitting out in the uh, in, in a parking lot
1: waiting for a hailstorm. Well, Craig, this I, guy, I, I totally agree with you about Elon, but what I was going to say is that you just told me something that uh, is really interesting because the law, the Florida law says that they cannot sell you that car. I believe Tesla broke the law when they sold you that Tesla. And uh, it's interesting, uh that they got away with it. Now, the reason I believe is because when Nancy and I were looking at the Tesla dealership on Blue Heron Boulevard, I believe it was in Riviera, or in that area. Uh, right, Dyer Boulevard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the salesperson said to me, uh, I said, well, I can't buy one of the vehicles you have in inventory. He said, oh, yeah, we can sell it to you. And and so I think what's happening is the te- Tesla are quietly... Uh, Guy. skirting the law in Florida. It's not probably the manufacturers. No one's worried about it because they sell so few vehicles, but interesting. Right. Uh, but you got yourself a great vehicle. I so, say Nancy and I almost bought one, and uh, the electric is a wave of the future, and pretty soon you'll be able to have a 600-mile range, and then it'll be a 1,000-mile range, and as you said earlier, they got so many charging stations, you really don't need much more than a 300-mile range.
9: Exactly. The only time we need it is, uh, you know, if we were going to go to New York or something. But uh, uh, you know, my days of those long trips are pretty much over. But I go to, vis- I can go to visit my daughter up in Melbourne, and there's three Chargers between yeah. Palm Beach and 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 Melbourne, and there's yeah. one in Melbourne. So uh, the car is absolutely, uh, and if you drove one, it's absolutely superior. But as far as the dealerships, not uh, the the manufacturers, not being able to sell their own cars. I mean, that came that that, that would, goes back all the way to 1903 when they wanted people to sell these things.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, they said, "Look, we'll give you exclusive rights, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know we won't sell them ourselves, so you can fix them and sell them."
1: Right. Exactly. Because it
9: was not that big incentive. But you know, it's it's kind of like old old news now. I mean, McDonald's owns uh, some franchises yes. and. And, and some of them are directly owned by McDonalds. So yeah. it doesn't put, you know, all dealers out of uh, out of business. I think that they would be doing a a, a great service if if they allowed dealerships to carry them. Allowed. But Musk he doesn't advertise, he doesn't spend one penny. Yeah. I mean the guy is a genius. He, he just says something nutty He says something nutty on television, Mm -hmm. and everybody goes, Who's this Elon (laughs) Musk? Oh, he makes Tesla. So he gets all his free advertisement. (laughs) But it is... uh it's just a phenomenal vehicle, but it is expensive as hell. There is no doubt about it. Craig admit and, you know, one of I the I said cr- we get free electricity. I don't we don't have to have to pay for a charge. Craig dollars for the car.
1: Admit one of the reasons that you own a Tesla is because you enjoy dusting those Corvettes, and BMWs and Mercedes at the stoplight, right? Zero to sixty in about three seconds. And you really surprise a lot of a lot of people, don't you?
4: I, <laughs> I'm, I'm
9: having trouble. I'm having trouble uh, hearing you. Say that one more time. No, I say I like I, to do what?
1: I say I think you enjoy the Tesla. One of the reasons being that you can out accelerate the Corvettes and the BMWs and the Mercedes at the stoplight. You could go zero to sixty in about three seconds.
9: At, at five point one seconds, <laughs> it, it's absolutely. It, it will snap your head back. You don't hear a roar <laughs> of an engine. There's no tranny kick down. It is just pure. T- to those wheels, and yep. it's, it looks funny because it's an SUV, uh-huh. it's the X model, and it looks like, you know, looks like a Ford Escape, and all of a sudden, it's a rocket ship. You feel like you're one of those astronauts and <laughs> those, you know,
2: <laughs> well, you zero described to 120
9: it. in one second in yeah, You really passed. described
2: it to the T. You just sold a lot of Teslas. Really. <laughs> I mean, I felt that force when Earl and I were in the Tesla and it does have a force. It snaps your head back. Greg, <laughs> thanks for calling.
1: You're a great caller. Hey,
9: thank you. Great show. Great show. Appreciate
2: thanks, Greg. Thank you. Keep in touch. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, we have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up. And that is from Easy Cars of Stewart, Florida. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to vote on it. Back to the recovering car dealer.
1: I've got another really interesting text. We're getting some really interesting textures today and so I'm gonna give that number out again just in case you haven't written it down yet. Area code seven seven two four nine seven six five three oh seven seven two four nine seven six five three oh is our text number. Now listen to this. I listened last week about the Takata recall and your idea about police pulling people over is insane and stupid it probably violates the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Huh. I believe in individual responsibility. If you're too ignorant, lazy, or apathetic to figure out if you have a safety recall on your car, then that's your problem. Police stopping you after running air plates is an infringement on liberty. Wake up. <clears throat> Wake up, bro. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> now, I thank you for the text because your opinion represents... A large segment of our society, and there are there are a lot of people out there that feel that personal responsibility. Don't look to the government. Don't look to anybody to help you. If you can't feed yourself, if you can't take care of yourself, if you can't provide medical care, if you that's your hard luck. And I understand that. And there's a huge segment of our society out there that believes that. Uh, the other side of the argument, I'm. I can't, I'm not going to take a political position. The other side of the argument is, if you're driving a dangerous vehicle and you have passengers in your car, and if that Takata airbag can explode in your face, kill you and the passenger, maybe causing another accident, uh, then the car should not be on the road. I think, in answer to this text, I agree with you. I wouldn't to this extent. I agree with you that I don't think it should be the burden of the police to have to clean up Dodge, to have to go around and find cars that have defective-to-cut airbags, pull motorists over, issue suspensions or uh, recall, on recalled cars. But I think what's going to happen if we did this, there would be a hue and cry from the public because it was happening. And we'd have guys like you saying, hey, you're violating my amendment, Fourth Amendment rights, and uh, you can't do this. Uh, And and they would be calling their political representatives, their legislators, and it would really get a firestorm going. And finally, the legislators and the regulators would get the idea and do something about yeah, it. desperate times call for desperate measures. Exactly. Yeah. Get the attention. We Right now, we've got people dying right and left because of these defective Takata airbags. And so to the texter, I agree with you. This would be a huge inconvenience to the driving public and there would be a lot of people be very unhappy about it, and you would be leading the charge. And then you would be calling your legislators and say, what's going on? I don't think you would agree with the fact, disagree with the fact, that it should be illegal to sell a car with a defective airbag. Mm -hmm. The texter, if you're listening now, I'd like another text from you, or any other texter or, or caller. Does anybody disagree with the fact that it should be illegal to sell a car with a defective airbag
0: i'd ask this guy does he put a sticker on the dashboard that says you're
6: sitting in front of a time bomb Uh ah good point (laughs) violation of his rights yeah good point the main thing to be aware of is that the greater majority and i mean the greater majority of takata airbags are not on the driver's side they're on the passenger side Therefore, it's not the person driving the car, who is responsible for that car, and who would be the person responsible. It's their innocent passenger sitting over next to them who has no control over that car, cannot control themselves in an accident, and yet has a potential hand grenade sitting right in front of their face. Well, that's a very
1: good point, Rick. And uh, if the texter who said that is a violation of uh, U.S. constitutional rights... To ask a cop to pull you over and say you've got a defective airbag, what about the passenger in the car? The unsuspecting could be your kid, uh, could your, be, uh, your could 12 be a 12 year old friend, daughter, could be a hitchhiker. I mean, it could be anybody riding on the passenger side. Do you have a responsibility to uh, him? And uh, if you're not upholding your responsibility to get your airbags fixed, uh, should he pay the price? of an airbag exploding in the face. Interesting question, but I see your point, and I do realize that it would be a huge inconvenience if we had the police uh, pull over everybody. Uh, it would be an easy thing to do. I've talked to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Department about it. They're investigating it with their IT department, their Internet uh, department, to see if they can do a simultaneous nice. cross-reference of the tag computer to the VIN number to the Recall to uh, NHTSA.gov and say, okay, this guy's got a defective airbag that has not been fixed. Rick?
6: Well, just to play the devil's advocate a little bit once more, um, we're not actually advocating that police pull someone over specifically for that only reason. It's like when the seatbelt laws first came out. If you were pulled over for another reason and you were not wearing a seatbelt you could be issued a fine for it Mm -hmm. but when those laws first came out a police officer could not pull over a driver just because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt well those have now changed but it it has changed yeah
1: but i i i think i think that the the police should pull somebody over if they're driving a dangerous car true my opinion now You define danger for me. A dangerous car can be a car with bald tires. can Mm -hmm. be a car with uh, headlights out of adjustment. could be a car with uh, bad brake lights or taillights. Those are all dangerous cars. But they're not as dangerous as a car with an airbag that can explode in your face and kill you. Or the passenger. Or both. True.
2: Yeah, where do we draw the line? Uh, Do you have a text from Susan? I do. Okay, Susan, we're going to address your question. Uh, Susan says, uh, enjoy your show. Why do dealers freak out if you want to pay cash for a car? I've worked hard to stay out of debt, and I feel, well, they are upset with me for paying cash when it's a guaranteed sale.
1: Well, that's a good question. And uh... Susan, so many people think that if they pay cash, the dealers will give them a better price, a lower price. Dealers like to sell you a car, quick sale, cash. But the fact of the matter is, and I've talked about this on this show before, the biggest profit to a car dealer is in its finance department. Car dealers make more money in their business office or finance department, F&I department, goes by various names. It's the place they take you after you buy the car, walk you in there, and they say, uh, this gentleman will take care of all your paperwork. Well, what this guy is going to do is going to try to sell you uh, maintenance contracts, extended warranties, gap insurance, a multitude of other products. He's also going to charge you as high an interest rate as he can get away with. And the average profit in that finance department business office is typically two, three, four thousand dollars 4000 He might make half that when he sells you the car. So the reason that you get the people looking at sideways at you Susan, when you say you want to pay cash is because cash buyers preclude them from their biggest profit center. They want to get you into the finance department, handle the financing of your car, so they can make more money than they did than when they sold it to you. So thank you very much for a great text, and uh, I think we have a follow-up text to that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, shame on the local politicians who haven't...
0: Oh, that's, there's one previous to that oh, one. Previ-
1: previous to that. That would be Earl Wasn't there recent news about the Takata airbag just yesterday? I caught that uh, tail end on the local news. Yes, there was. And that has to do with Nissan recalling 105,000 cars, and I believe it's a 2011 models. And uh, another uh, nail in the coffin of people out there with uh, driving cars that have Takata airbags they don't know about. 105,000, 2011 Nissans with defective airbags. Just came out yesterday. It seems like there's not a week that goes by that we don't have another recall to cut
0: airbags. And that Versa is the easiest one to find now. So I guess that's, uh,
1: yeah. 2011, uh, that means the airbags are are seven years old. Seven to eight, because we're going into the 19 model year. Very soon. And here we are, another text. I'll give that text number out because we're really starting to hit pay dirt with a text. 772-497-6530. You can text us at 772-497-6530. Okay. Shame on the local politicians who haven't contacted you to discuss the issue. Huh. Now, we talked about that last week, and we asked any politician, and I offered to donate $1,000. $1,000. $1,000 to the politicians campaign a thousand dollars if you're in office or you're even not in office and you're running <clears throat> so we see the political ads out there now we've got senator nelson bill nelson is running that applies to you senator nelson uh who else we got running we have got uh rick scott rick scott rick scott you're running for office you want to be our state senator call us we got brian mass running for florida 18 brian mass mm-hmm. okay A lot of folks out there running for political office. $1,000 to your campaign. We just want to hear you talk about the Takata Airbag. I'd like to ask you the $64,000 question. That shows you how old I am. $64,000 question. I don't get it. Which is, I know you don't. I I get it. Hey, how about queen for the day? (laughs) (laughs) The big question. The big question is, why is it legal in the state of Florida why isn't there a federal law that makes it illegal to sell a car with a defective Takata airbag? Politicians, call me, answer that question, and then say, I'll ask you another one, to follow-up, why haven't you done something about it? You know, the only politician I know that uh, would have a kind of a halfway answer would be Senator Nelson. Bill Nelson, when the Takata airbag thing really happened uh, two years ago, and there were terrible pictures of people maimed and dead because of the tuck airbags exploding. He got on the uh, television holding an airbag and showing pictures of these deaths and saying, we have to do something about it. That was two years ago. Now he is amazingly silent. Now, why is Senator Nelson so silent now? But I still credit you, Senator Nelson, if you're listening, with more nerve than the other politicians have because the other politicians don't even want to talk about it. Pam Bondi. Pam Bondi. Not a peep. Attorney General. She's the chief law enforcement officer in the state of Florida. And she talks about all sorts of things. Oh, all all kinds of things. Nancy printed out her her, uh, newsletter that comes out every week. We get it in the email. talks about how she's a consumer advocate but she doesn't do any consumer advocacy about defective <laughs> airbags.
2: And she even uh she even encourages to uh, encourages to uh read the uh consumer uh protection guide. Yeah. Uh, she's got uh, everybody's name in there except what we're talking about.
1: So thank you for your text. Yeah. Your uh, text is at 772 497 6530.
2: Hey, just a shout out to Craig. He's being a, a comedian. He says finance guys talk faster. Than an auctioneer. Thanks <laughs> for that, Craig.
1: Yeah, you're the next Subaru salesman. I, s- I second <laughs> the <Yeah>. motion.
2: <laughs> Give us a call, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us, 772-497-6530. I think Earl has a text that he wants to read. hear I, are I,
1: getting poorer yeah. for me, too. <laughs> <can>, I'm having a <laughs> pro- problem with my iPhone. I have a problem with my brain. And that's the reason it doesn't okay. work
0: That's window. okay. This is the same guy. He, he, he's texting back.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's the guy that says it's a violation of constitutional rights to have cops pull over people with dangerous defective airbags. You don't get it, Earl. Just because you think it's a good idea to spur a revolution doesn't mean you have the right to enlist me in your campaign. Not listening, uh, your narcissism, narcissism anymore. Goodbye. Well, thank you. See, I love this for two reasons. First of all, I mean it when I say I can handle criticism, and I'm not going to counterattack you. You have a legitimate right to your opinion, and thousands and thousands of other people feel the same way. And uh, I guess maybe I am a little bit of a narcissist. I mean, uh, I'm proud that I understand the word narcissist in case if you don't <laughs> understand I'm b- surprised that you understood the word narcissist <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you did it <laughs> you couldn't help yourself I couldn't help myself no uh, I, we're all a little narcissistic aren't we I think uh,
2: so uh, quite I a few
1: we like to think we're good people and we're very narcissistic, pretty people yes anyway but I honestly think and I this is my opinion we heard your opinion I think it would be a good thing if the police Agencies, the Federal Highway Patrol, the sheriff's departments, the local mini- municipalities. If they see a car, I'm driving down. I'm a FHP, Florida Highway Patrol. I got a license plate in my sights. I hit the uh, license plate on my computer. The computer comes back with a VIN number. The VIN number cross references says that driver has a passenger and driver side airbag that has this defective and cannot be fixed. There's no repair available. The inflators are not available. Now, this person is driving on a Florida highway. Pretty sure the passenger has no clue that this car has a defective airbag. Driver may not have a clue, probably doesn't have a clue. But this is a time bomb driving on a state highway. I'm in the Florida Highway Patrol, and I see it on my computer. Now, I know that car is a time bomb. And my opinion is I should pull the car over and say, sir, did you know that your car has defective airbags and there is no fix for those defective airbags? Aren't I doing that citizen a service? And aren't I doing the citizens on the road that are driving along the of him? Remember, these airbags can explode spontaneously. We thought they only uh, exploded on impact with another car during a collision. But there have been Hondas that where the airbag just, bam, went off. So if you're driving a car that could explode on I-95 next to some other unsuspecting person because the dealer sold you the car and didn't tell you, or because you knowingly bought the car in some sort of a suicidal state of mind, not caring about your passenger or the other people on the highway, am I wrong to ask a policeman to issue a ticket Or a warning,
6: Rick? Just as a quick thought for anyone that thinks, well, the Highway Patrol already has so much to do, how can they type in a a license number? Well, guess what? A simple camera now can automatically read that license number and run it right in the computer, and it would simply, as he's driving, boop, a little red flag would come on the computer to
1: say the plate ahead of of you. A lot of municipalities, which just gives me another idea, a
6: lot of municipalities have those.
1: Yeah, traffic lights. Yeah.
2: With yeah. today's technology. Subpass, when, uh, exactly. when you go
1: through the turnpike the you They got. And there, there's the answer it's right yeah, there. It's
0: very yeah. common. That d- dealers, that's a thing you sell to dealers. You can put it in your service drive, run the tags, and you can get uh, service information. See, this is the reason but I love
1: it, the communications and the dialogue. Yeah. Here's another idea. This will be my blog next week. If, this, if the computers that are already set up on the turnpike and the other toll roads in the state of Florida... All the toll roads all have the it. To- all the toll roads have it. If they take the license plate, cross-reference to the VIN, cross-reference to NISA, sends a warning in the mail
0: big red warning You're Big red warning hit.
1: at the time and also a warning to your home just as if you'd gone through the toll gate without paying the toll you have a defective airbag you have 10 days to have it repaired or your license will be suspended what a great idea okay saves the drag on the cops i like it okay
2: saving lives it's so simple uh, what is the problem saving lives that's all we want to do and we want we implore you to help us uh earl has a text
1: okay another text text number is 772 497 love the text 772 497 good morning great show thank you if i purchase a new hybrid vehicle which costs more will i get back on tra- will i get it back on trade in later Or is it a loss? I thank you, Robert, from Stewart. Very educated, interesting, intelligent question. Uh, Hybrid vehicles have been in higher demand than they are now, to be perfectly frank. Uh, When gas prices were over $4, they were in high supply, I'm sorry, high demand, low supply. So you would get it back. You don't do as well now as you would have. Three, four years ago when we had high gas prices. Uh, in general, a hybrid car is a high demand car. Hybrids, relatively speaking, are in relatively high demand. Go to Consumer Reports when you buy your car, look for their guidance on resale value and uh, maintenance and repair and all the other, and you will retrieve a portion of that for the extra amount of money that you paid for a hybrid. It's a matter of mathematics. If you're going to save money on gas, it's a value. If you're not going to save money, it's not a value. Higher mileage drivers are willing to pay more for hybrids than low mileage drivers. Simple matter of how much you pay for gas and how much you have to pay extra for the hybrid.
0: It's uh, that gap between the like the gas version and the hybrid is shrinking and shrinking.
1: OK, thank you very much for your text. Eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine sixty is the audio number, yeah, and 772 6530 is the text uh, number.
2: We just love your texts at uh, 772-497-6530. And as I mentioned before, we do have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up that uh, we all would love to hear from you and how you feel about the Mystery Shop from Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, Florida. Uh, We are still on our journey uh, to focus on the Takata airbag inflator. Uh, As you probably heard this morning, we've been discussing it and getting, well, a few people's opinion. And we're waiting for more opinions from all of you about saving lives. 772-497-6530. Or you can text us at 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
1: Love this show. I love it as much as the listeners love it. I hope you listeners love it as much as we do. I keep learning stuff and on this show I've learned all sorts of things. I didn't realize there was a good thing about ethanol. A uh, little ethanol in your gasoline absorbs the water. If you get water in your gas you're in trouble. It goes to the bottom of your gas tank. The ethanol also goes to the bottom. It coalesces. It absorbs the water. Allows the water to actually be burned in your engine rather than clogging your engine up. I learned that. The other thing in a dialogue Grixieff said to me, you know, there are cameras out there that can capture the tag number. We don't have to have policemen going around and running it through their computer. The cameras that we have, and we have cameras on all the toll roads in Florida, will capture the tag number, suck it up into the computer, and that can cross-reference it with a VIN number and cross-reference that with NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association. Website which tells you if there's a recall on the car, if there's a recall if it's been fixed or if there's not a fix available. So let me throw this question out to the radio and TV streaming audience. How do you feel about having the toll roads notify all drivers that go through the tolls if they have a Takata airbag or any safety recall that hasn't been fixed? you don't like the idea we have some listeners i was just notified by a listener that i should never suggest that our police pull people over and issue warnings or suspensions because someone's driving a car with a defective airbag Okay. how do you listeners who feel bad about that feel about the toll road thing should the toll road should the state of florida issue a notice whether it be uh... you have to have the Recall fixed within 10 days. Uh, do we ask them to suspend the license if they don't do that, or do we just issue a warning? I mean, that's pretty light. Can you be up, can you be upset if you just have a warning that says, "Just want you to know, Mr. Driver, you came through this toll yesterday. Uh, you've got a airbag and a passenger Takata airbag recall that has not been fixed, and what's more, there's no fix available." Wanted you to have a little heads up. Can you complain about that? How do you feel about that? Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. If you think it's a good idea for the state of Florida to have the toll uh, booths equipped with the cameras, notify the drivers that go through the toll booth if they have a defective takata airbag or any safety recall just notify the person heads up you got a defective takata airbag you got a defective brakes you got defective whatever and issue a, a notice to that driver uh, text us at 772 497 6530 772 497 6530 if you think that's a good idea or you think that's a bad idea and the people who think it's a bad idea to do it with the police, is this a better idea? 877-960-9960.
2: Everybody has an opinion. We'd love to hear from you, and we would love to hear what your opinion is and whether you feel that this is a very serious situation that we find ourselves in for quite some time. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And uh, as Earl said, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, just a little reminder, if you're unable to listen to our live show or you want to listen to, well, any of the past shows, you can always go to Earl on Cars and uh, the your pod- podcast smartphone or tablet using any of the following podca- podcast apps, Apple SoundCloud, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, and uh, so many others. Back to the recovering car dealer.
1: Okay, we got a text back from the uh, listener who was very unhappy with my suggestion that police pull over cars issuing suspensions or warnings or whatever, a violation of our constitutional rights. And then through dialogue and communication, uh, we, uh, we changed our recommendation to see if there was a better way to do this by having toll booths picture, take a picture of the camera, I mean take a picture of the tag run through the computer initial warning and the texture now says now you're being reasonable but I would still be concerned the information could be abused okay that's called compromise and we have a hostile listener converted into a okay I can deal with it listener and that's what you don't you don't beat up people that disagree with you. You try to reach areas of compromise. I
0: but agree, and I'm glad he s- he didn't mm-hmm. stop listening to your narcissism. Yeah.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and 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 I want the, I want him to encourage other because I admitted I was a narcissist. <laughs> That's probably why you're, hey, I can't help it. You you won me you won you won me over. <laughs> I can't help it.
0: Uh,
2: you see, Craig Earlson has too has a sense of humor, uh, Craig. Claims that he has a sense of humor, and he also has a radio show.
1: (laughs) So anyway, uh, you listeners out there who are afraid to call me, and I know car dealers, uh, a lot of attorneys, politicians, can you hear me? Politicians, I won't be rude and abusive. I will not attack you. I will listen to your side. What is your side of the story, politicians? I mean, good Lord, I mean, how many people are running for office right now? I mean, we're just, it's starting to, the, the, cauldron, <laughs> the cauldron is boiling. Uh, people are running, they're thinking about running, uh, they are in office now. We've got a lot of active supporters of politicians. Call the show and tell us your position on dangerous auto recalls. Specifically, should it be illegal to sell a car with a dangerous recall? I mean what is what is a simpler question? Is there anybody out there forget about politician is there anybody out there that thinks it should not be against the law to sell a car with a dangerous recall? Is there anybody i do you see what I'm saying absolutely there's nobody there's nobody out there and and the politicians. You don't think it's silly to have a law. You think we should have a law. I just want you to call me and tell me why we don't have a law. Are you thinking about making this part of your campaign? And if not, why? We have a caller.
2: Bruce is calling from West Palm Beach. Hey, Bruce, what's on your Uh, mind? Yes,
10: Yes, I have a question on a uh, contract that I signed uh, for a used car. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, signed a uh, contract to buy an Avalon at Carl's and Stewart mm-hmm. on a Friday afternoon, and um, I uh, didn't have time to go to the bank so, uh, and also get the insurance uh, straightened out, uh-huh. so I came back uh, Monday morning uh, with the money and um, the uh, insurance, and the salesman told me the car had been sold. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if that's legal.
1: Uh, did you have a, a buyer's order? Of, uh, did you have any paperwork documentation that you had purchased the car? I
10: have. I had a uh, contract that I signed with the salesman mm-hmm. that I was going to buy a, a used Avalon mm-hmm. that they had there in the lot. And I told them I couldn't uh, get all my money together and yep. everything, and I'd be there Monday. Yeah. And, uh, when I came in Monday, he said, uh, the car is go- gone, uh, it's been sold.
1: Was, uh, you say you signed the contract, did, uh, anybody else sign the contract at the dealership?
10: Yes, the dealer, d- uh, the, uh, salesman did.
1: Salesman did. Uh, here's what you're going to encounter, Bruce, and that's, you're going to encounter the fact that an authorized, uh, signer for the dealership did not sign. Uh, you could probably make a case out of it if you hired an attorney. Uh, it would just be a waste of money. Uh, the You don't have a binding contract until an authorized signer of the corporation signs the paper. Uh, you could probably make a legal argument and maybe win, but it, it would not be worth your time and money because you would have to hire an attorney to do that. Matter of fact, uh, you probably couldn't even hire an attorney because all car dealerships have a arbitration clause hidden in the fine print on their buyer's orders which said that any disputes cannot be settled in court. They have to be settled through arbitration. So the cards are stacked against you from the get-go. This is a very, a very common problem and car dealerships for the consumers when cars do get sold. Uh, you really have to make a federal case if you are not going to take the car home with you that the car be held because all the salespeople are competing to sell that car because they get a commission. So your salesman, uh, even though he wanted to hold the car, if another salesman came along with a buyer that had the money, uh, they're going to sell the car and deliver it to the other guy. It's not right but uh... it happens and i don't think you've got a i don't think you've got a solid argument certainly not worth the cost of an attorney
10: well thank you very much for your opinion and um I really uh, enjoy your show, and uh, thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you for the call, Bruce, and something that will benefit a lot of listeners. Be very careful when you choose that car. and you, you really you should go to a manager and get something in writing saying, I agree to hold this car until Monday. And with that, you've probably got a real good chance that it won't be sold. But mm-hmm. thanks for the call. Please call again.
2: Yes, please do. Uh, do you have time to uh, comment on your column uh, that you talked about this morning?
1: Before Before I do that, let me... Let me uh, try to uh, comment on this text here. Uh, My name is Jack. In regards to the airbag issue, the cure is to stop the insurance companies from insuring these cars. That would stop it right now. Really cool idea. Great oh, I heard, idea.
0: I heard that one before. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think Sue came up with that idea. Uh, there's so many different ways we could go on this, and you know, this is this is what we call brainstorming. Uh, great suggestion uh, Jack uh, there are so many ways uh, we could stop licensing and registering cars if the uh, department of motor vehicle we, we could pass a law that says it's illegal for the dealers to sell the cars uh, we could pass a law saying it's illegal for the manufacturer to allow their cars to be sold because they can control their, their dealers uh, and here we have another one don't insure a car or raise the rates exactly. raise the rate Uh, we've got a a terrible wrong going with a lot of excellent solutions and nobody will call except the callers to the show Uh, oh this is a good call good text here this state can't even make texting and driving a primary offense and you think they can stop you from having a bad (laughs) hairbag you can kill many people by texting, good point Uh, uh, politics is a, a weird thing and uh, lobbying is a weird thing and lobbyists are a fact of life uh, You know, before I sound too radical I want to say this I realize that we've got the best government on the planet I realize that we've got the best system whether you call, or, call us a republic or a democracy uh, the United States is an amazing country we're better than anybody else Amen. But boy, oh boy, boy! Do we have some problems, and the fun is making ourselves better. Japanese have a word for it; they call it kaizen, continuous improvement. And that's what this show is all about. It's about trying to make our government better, trying to make our car manufacturers better, really, really trying to make the car dealerships better. They got a long way to go. So that's what we're trying to do with your help. And uh, the hardest thing to do, we've got your help, we've got our listeners' help, we can't get the politicians' help. And shame on you, all you politicians out there listening. We just want to hear your opinion. The listening audience is 20,000, maybe greater, 20,000 people listening to us all over the country. One politician, just one, called the show, $1,000. I will pay out of my pocket to your campaign if you will call the show and comment on your position on why it's legal to sell cars with dangerous airbags or any other dangerous recall. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And the text is...
2: 772-497-6530.
1: Okay. And here is... Another caller, texter, uh, yes, the state should notify you about your airbag recall. After all, the state will contact you if you don't have insurance on your car and give you some time to get insurance, on your, or your driver's license will be suspended. That's Robert from Stewart. Exactly. I mean, if you'll call and say that you don't have the proper insurance, why wouldn't you call to say you might be killed? Uh, why why don't you care about the safety of the drivers? The state of Florida we're talking about. We're talking about the governor. We're talking about Rick Scott. Why don't you care? Okay. We have a caller.
2: Chris is calling from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Hey, good morning.
11: I have a, two, a two-part question. The first part is, since the Takata recall has been made known, how many people have died at? How many fatalities are directly related to
1: it? Chris, that is a, uh, an unknown uh, question. The answer is unknown. Uh, statistically, uh, I think it was 20 or 30 people that we know for sure have died.
6: That's in the U.S. In
1: the U.S. Uh, in the
6: US. And that was the second part of my
11: question is, do they have this problem in Europe?
1: Yes, they do. And, and they're, Europe is not doing as good a job as we are. Back on the U.S., we don't know how many have been killed in the U.S. because it's difficult in an accident to determine the exact cause of death. Picture a horrific accident, uh, one or two or three vehicles, uh, trucks and cars. You know how horrific these accidents are, uh, bloody and gory and uh, just... Uh, Sometimes you have to cut the people out of the car. I even hate to talk about it. So when you recover the dead people from the car, an autopsy would have to be performed to really determine the exact cause. Is the metal from what part of the car? Is it from the airbag? Is it it from the Uh, engine? I am saying? It's a broad spectrum at
11: that point.
1: Exactly. So the deaths before the whole Takata airbag thing were brought to light were never even... Checked The police would come. There'd be dead people. Oh, he died in the accident. The thought that the airbag could kill you never occurred to anybody. So my guess is there's hundreds or thousands of deaths from this, and we just don't know.
11: Okay, then I guess maybe a better question would be how many deployments or explosions have there been that have not been accident-related? You know, someone's just driving down the road, and and the thing triggers, which is, you know, the— Main cause of the recall, right?
1: There have been, I, the answer to that, and I can't give you a precise number, very few. And to be fair to the manufacturers and the people that are on the other side of this position, we make a big thing. i probably make too big a thing out of this. I've read a few instances. There was one on the west coast of Florida. I think there were two in Florida where airbags deployed without
6: any accident being involved. Rick? Well, the, the main issue that caught everybody's attention with this was that it was airbags deploying in an accident, but instead of the airbag simply popping out like a balloon, like it should, the metal casing of the inflator would explode like a hand grenade, sending metal shrapnel out into the car. Now what they have found since then is that on some of the older cars Specifically, right now, the ones that have been identified are the 2002 and 2003 Hondas, which, of course, are the oldest airbags probably for Takata. They actually, the, the inflator explodes into shrapnel like that without any impact at all. Without the car even being in an accident, suddenly a hand grenade goes off in the dash. So that's where it's getting so dangerous. There have only been a couple instances of this. But imagine you're driving down the road and a hand grenade explodes in your dashboard.
11: I, I, yeah, I've been listening to the show on and off for the last couple of weeks, and, and the other question I had was, uh, not the question, the comments, it actually absolutely should be illegal, and I think the only way they're going to get that to uh, uh, fruition is if, they, if there's a financial, well, not, not that it's illegal, but have a financial penalty. If, if a dealer gets caught selling the car with one of these recall airbags, the, uh, the penalty
1: has to be so stiff that it will compel them to, to, to fix it first. Sure, uh, Chris. Uh, you know, I'm open to compromise. I, I, I'd be open to any kind of compromise. Anything's better than where we are now. Here's a really crazy compromise. It should be required to notify the buyer of the car that he's buying a car with a time bomb. It's not even illegal now to sell you a car and not disclose the fact that that it has a unfixed safety recall i mean the the dealers are hanging their hat on that one because the notification you know the devils and the details you can notify somebody in fine print and that's what typically happens dealer fees and a lot of the other crazy violations and and uh taking advantage of consumers are disclosed quote unquote to the buyer in some sort of uh, innocuous manner. You go into the business office, and you sign 100 papers, and you're excited about buying the car. You don't read any of the fine Brent. And I think we just lost Chris, but hopefully you're still listening on the air, Chris. Uh, But I would be totally open to any kind of a compromise short of making it illegal illegal is the best way to go. No reason not to do it, but give me anything. Give me notification. Give me a fine. Anything to have some sort of stand up way to reduce the number of these cars being sold. Okay.
2: You know, I have one I have one comment about this whole topic and you know, we we really I think on most occasions, are a little reluctant to get into the graphics uh, and the details of cutting a person out of a vehicle, uh, shrapnel. If you can imagine, use your imagination. The shrapnel exploding into your face, into the body. You know, uh, maybe this is what it's going to take for us to be graphic and to explain to our audience how serious this topic is, and to all of the people that are listening. We know you're listening to the uh, dealers that are selling these cars uh to to the government to the commissioners uh to Pam Bondi to Bill Nelson uh to Rick Scott to all of you people are dying let's change the law 8779609960 or you can text us and please do text us on your opinion of our mystery shopping report that's coming up 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
1: I've got a uh, text here. I'm um, uh, The the texter said you can answer this by return text. It's a little long. It has to do with uh, his two thousand nine parts availability on his on his uh, two thousand nine Prius, and I will answer that by text because we're coming up. Um, on the end of the show and we want to be sure that we get our mystery shopping report in. So uh, thanks very much for your text and I will get back to you, I promise. I, I've got your phone number here. We may even call you directly on that so we can discuss it. So any folks that have questions uh, that we don't reach, uh, we can't answer on the show, we will get back to you in some other way and answer all of the text. Mystery shopping report uh, for this week was uh, easy pay cars in Stewart, florida now i hadn't heard of this as uh we're focusing still on the takata airbag inflator recalls and uh we investigated uh, a mid-sized buy here pay here used car dealership called easy pay cars e letter e z uh, until this week, we had never heard of this dealer. We only stumbled on it when we were searching likely Takata affected vehicles on the Treasure Coast. And Easy Pay Cars actually had two locations one in Stewart and one in Fort Pierce. After poking around online, we discovered that Easy Pay Cars is actually owned by the Wallace Auto Group, who has a number of franchises in Stewart and Fort Pierce. Uh, Earl and Cars has mystery-shopped several Wallace dealerships, and all of them were put on their recommended dealer list. Found at, you can write this down. www.gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. Good dealer, bad dealer, just the way it sounds. List l i s t dot com. We've got a list of all the dealers we recommend and the dealers we don't recommend. Would Easy Pay live up to Wallace's reputation? or would it be an evil alter ego? We hope to find out now in full transparency, Bill Wallace and I have known each other for a long, long time. Uh, We actually got into the business about the same time. Bill Wallace uh, started out with a Ford dealership in Delray a long, long time ago, but uh, I won't say he's a personal friend, but he's a friend and we are Facebook friends. So, um, Let's say we're friends. Uh, f- total transparency. So whatever I have to say now, I have to be totally objective. Friend or not friend. Easy Pay Cars has a good online reputation and a modern, easy-to-use website. All of their used car listings provide a free Carfax report and a clearly posted, no-haggle online price. From the looks of it, online at least, they appear to be a fairly uh, sophisticated operation. The photos of their facility paint another picture. Your typical buy-here-pay-here lot with a small, older-looking office building at one location and a double-wide trailer at the other. Pretty basic. I'm just providing an objective description of the facility and not passing judgment on the quality of the business itself. It's an interesting uh, uh, situation, uh, the way Bill Wallace, and I'll go back to the fact that I do know Bill Wallace, this little history as i said i knew him when he had the ford dealership he sold the ford dealership in delray to auto nation when auto nation first uh really got cranking uh back when wayne huzenga owned auto nation and uh he sold out for a lot of money and he signed a non-compete with uh auto nation and then after his non-compete expired he began buying up car dealership i'm talking about bill wallace and he bought up a whole lot of car dealerships in this area, South Florida. And he has car dealerships for almost every franchise. And now I see, I just learned when we did the shop, he also has buy-here, pay here lots. So it's an interesting uh, group empire he's got. Yeah. Really, really, he's really done well. Uh, he's got, he goes all the way. I can't think of a franchise that he doesn't have. Maybe, I don't think he has a Toyota or a Honda. No Honda. But he's got about just everything else. Okay, back on the uh, mystery shopping report, Uh, uh, we've been surprised in the past by buy-here-pay-here's, and I've encountered great customer service and honest sales practices. The buy-here-pay-here lots can really be bad, and as I say, we were surprised by some good ones out there. I've stated on this show uh, many times that although they charge extremely high interest rates to people with poor credit, They provide a vital service to certain consumers, often by being the only available transportation option for many people. I know buy-here-pay-here's, these uh, little-used car lots that cater to people with uh, bad credit, are are vilified by a lot of uh, consumer organizations. And they talk about the user's interest rates, 20%, 30%. That's true. Extremely high interest. But which is better? For someone that absolutely needs a car, to take their kid to school, to go to their job, to get to the pharmacy, to to go to the doctor. I mean, you got to have a car in South Florida. If you don't have a car, I mean, Palm Strand is an option, I suppose, but not a very good one. So if you need a car, is it better off to pay 23% interest or not have a car at all? I think it's better to pay 23% interest, so I think these buy-here payers do serve a purpose. You can also reestablish your credit with a buy here, pay here by paying on time and the next time you can get yourself a car and not have to pay so much interest. So they're not all legal.
0: If they report it to the credit agencies. Exactly
1: and Stu made an excellent point. If you're going to use a buy here, pay here, insist that they report your payments to the credit bureau. Some do not. If I had to choose between different buyer payers, I'd be sure i chose one that would report to the credit bureau. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the be.
0: less scrupulous ones don't want to do that because they want you coming back.
1: That's a good point. They want to hook you for life. Not good. Okay, let's get back to the Takata issue in our mystery shopping report. We found a 2009 Honda CRV LX listed for sale on ACPay Cars website for $10,900. We ran the VIN on safercar.gov, that's S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.G-O-V. I give you that slowly, and I'll give it to you again, because if you're thinking about buying a car, uh, if you're driving a car and you don't know whether you have a safety recall on that car, all you do is you go to www.safercar, just the way it sounds, S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.G-O-V, and uh, check it out. Put your van in. Don't buy that car if there's a recall that hasn't been fixed or can't be fixed, especially. Um, So we checked it out on this uh, car that we're looking at, the 2009 Honda. And uh, there were two recalls, two Takata recalls, one on the driver's side and one for the passenger side. Both recalls were unfixed, although parts are available. We confirmed recalls on Carfax and Honda's recall website. you can really check carefully you can go safercar.gov then you go to carfax.com and then you go to honda.com you can really check out triple check and it's not a bad idea to triple check because sometimes carfax gets it wrong sometimes even safercar.gov can give it wrong it all depends on timing nobody knows you have a safety recall until the manufacturer issues the recall so you could have one. And the recall hasn't hit the uh, the computers yet. We learned that the hard way.
0: We sold one uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. We actually it was sold. On, it wasn't on Carfax.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we assumed that Carfax was perfect. We found out Carfax is about wrong about 30 percent of the time, and that goes for AutoCheck too. That's another service like Carfax. HNX was sent the listing and given his orders. He called Easy Pay Cars to confirm the availability of the Honda CRV. He was told it was available for sale. Here's a report, speaking of the first person, as if I were the mystery shopper. The man I spoke to on the phone told me his name was Maurice. Maurice was a one-man show on a 50-car lot. He was a manager. He was a salesman, finance manager. He did it all. I think it's the first time we ever had a, had a Maurice. Yeah, well, I had a Maurice, but I had one person in the whole dealership. Mm.
0: I think Aubrey's, didn't Aubrey just have maybe one or two guys there? Maybe,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm talking small dealership. Yeah, yeah. One employee, uh, chief cook and bottle washer. Uh Maurice was very nice, asked when I could come take a look at the CRV. I told him I could get there by 5.30 p.m. He said they closed at 6, but he would wait for me and stay as long as I needed. I thanked him and hurried up to Stewart. When I arrived, Maurice was uh, shutting the hoods of the cars that were displayed along U.S. 1. He waved when I pulled in, and he came over to greet me. Maurice had the key to the CRV in hand and led me to it. The small SUV was in great shape. It was clean, had four brand new tires. Maurice put a plate on it. Suge- suggested we take it for a spin. Maurice was really laid back and cool. I liked him right away. I asked the first question as we pulled out onto US-1. We, uh, we use three questions for you regular listeners. You know this, but we have three ways that we put it on the seller of these cars that we know to have defective, dangerous recalls, typically Takata. We have three questions that give them the opportunity to come clean. So we don't just give them one chance, we give them three chances. So the first question that we pulled onto US-1, were there any mechanical issues? So it kind of, you know, leaves them a little bit of room, a little wiggle room, mechanical. We think yeah. that the defective airbag is a mechanical
0: issue. Plus, they're just good questions to ask any time you're buying yeah. a used car.
1: Any mechanical issues? Maurice assured me there were no current mechanical issues. So Maurice failed the first question uh, based on their inspection next door at Wallace Chrysler Jeep Dodge. He said the only thing it needed were tires which were replaced. And which very unusual, by the way, to find new tires on a buy-here, pay-here, car in a buy-here, pay-here lot. I hit Maurice with a second question a little further down the road. Has it ever been in an accident? Question number two. Has it ever been in an accident? Very important. Maurice said he didn't think so, but he would confirm this when we got back and reviewed the Carfax report. Maurice asked me, how much money I had to put down. I said I planned on paying cash and my credit wasn't very good. I said I may consider financing the terms if the terms were good. I asked him what kind of interest rate I could get and intimated I knew it would be pretty high. Maurice replied the rate would be as high as 23 percent. Now that's a lot of money. That's a lot of interest. And we talked about that earlier. it's not usurious it's within the legal limits and the limits in florida are very high on vehicles and it you typically have to pay it if you can, can't finance anywhere else i said i would stick to my original plan and pay cash buy it outright we returned to the lot and went inside maurice uh, printed the carfax report and we sat down to review everything he leaped through the report happily stated that he was correct and there were no accidents according to carfax he handed it to me i asked him a third question are there any safety issues that could concern me Maurice said the thorough safety inspection was performed and that they would not sell an unsafe car i nodded and thumbed through the carfax report then showed him the two takata recalls now pausing here briefly question is did Maurice know about these he is a good salesman Uh, was he was he acting or did he not know that this car had Takata recalls on both the passenger and driver's side had he really not read the Carfax report we don't know he says he didn't Uh, the shopper mystery shopper did believe him by the way Maurice looked concerned, then, after I, the mystery shopper, found the fact that there was a double Takata airbag recall on the driver and passenger side. He looked concerned. He said that all the recalls should have been taken care of before putting in on the lot. This we can all agree on. They definitely should have been taken care of. He said he would check in the morning with the service manager and see if the repairs were done, and if they weren't, he would arrange to get them done immediately. Then came a moment of, gr- of grace we have never, ever, ever experienced. Maurice suggested we review the numbers but hold off on the purchase until the safety concerns were addressed. That is a, it's a staggering. Yeah, yeah. It, is a, it never happened before. Most car dealers want to sell the car, get the money, get the car delivered, cement the deal. Once they have your money, and once they deliver the car, it's a done deal. But Maurice did not do that. It is a staggering act of integrity. I had to contain myself and act like this was a normal thing. I said, okay. Before we started, I said I understood that the online price is the price. But I looked up the car on Kelly Blue Book, KBB, and it showed a fair purchase price of $7,559, quite a bit lower than the 10000 990 dollars they were asking now that's a pretty big difference um uh, kelly blue book uh just to digress a minute kelly blue book fear purchase price too is that yeah it depends
0: i mean sometimes it's it's close sometimes it's way yeah, off so yeah
1: uh nevertheless it's a good negotiating tactic oh yeah and uh whether it's accurate or not if you can find a lower price from an official source and you're trying to buy a used car, it's a good idea to use it. So Murray said he would do a little better for me. I said, okay, and waited for him to print a buyer's order. He said he lowered the sale price to 10225 then backed out hmm, voluntarily. That's another thing, very unusual, the $699 dealer fee, which we didn't know about until we saw the, uh, the buyer's order. Yeah. go buyer's order was it uh online was the uh i didn't look probably i'll look wallace well, does it it's required that the dealer fee be disclosed on all advertising and online should be considered advertising anyway with a $699 dealer fee and uh the selling price was $9,556 uh so we came off a little bit off the uh price, the original asking price. Sales tax and title fee uh, added for the out-the-door price of 11000 even and 30 cents. He told me to take the buyer's order uh, and that he would call me as soon as they resolved the airbag issue in the morning. I shook his hand and thanked him sincerely and then left. The next morning 11 o'clock I received a call from Maurice. He confirmed that the recalls had in fact not been done and he sent the vehicle to a Honda dealership a few hours earlier the recall the recall repairs were now being done as we as he spoke the CRV would be back at Easy Pay that afternoon and he called me as soon as he got it back. He called me around three o'clock in the afternoon to say it was ready for the first time I felt real remorse telling him that I was no longer interested because you know hey, I'm, I'm a mystery shopper and Maurice had been so upfront in the mystery shopper's mind, You really felt bad. He worked hard. You thought he was honest. Yeah, the, the jury's out on that. I mean, am I being cynical? Okay, maybe he was being honest. I don't know. Uh, Maurice was still cool and said he understood, and it was a total professional. I mean, when you say you're not going to buy the car, and they're still courteous and professional, that is, that's class, and you don't see that. Usually the car dealers and the car salesmen get a little resentful, a little uh, angry when they lose a the deal. So uh this easy pay owned by Bill Wallace. Almost said Earl Wallace. Bill's uh, dead. father's name was yeah. Yeah.
0: I want I'm gonna run the VIN um in a, a few days to okay. see if the repairs were made. But yeah. I, I I believe it. I mean Agent X you know felt it was a real deal
1: yeah um this uh this is a first a car dealer actually stopped the sale because of the tocado rico then immediately got the repairs done we were all speechless the only fault we could find seemed quaint in retrospect but that was the price of the crv was still quite a bit on the high side but at least the car isn't going to kill anybody so here we are a very unusual report totally different from any that we've done uh we can score and we can also ask our audience, our radio audience, our video audience, all you folks out there, uh, to comment on this report. What do you think? Should this dealer go on our recommended list or should they go on our do not buy from list? 877 960 9960. We have time, I think, for your comments. Or text us at Texas is 772 497 6530. Texas. 772-497-6530. i one more time. 877-960-9960. Easy Pay Cars and Steward. Mystery Shopping Report. Do we put them on the approved list or the do not buy from list? Um, let start with you, Rick. What do you think?
6: I'm going to give Maurice an Easy Pay an A. Yeah. I, I okay, he... He wasn't 100% knowledgeable about every car fax on, 50, on a 50-car lot. Mm-hmm. How could he be? He he just didn't happen to spot it in the paperwork. Mm-hmm. As soon as he found out about it, he said, stop. Mm-hmm. The man's a professional, easy pay. I, I think they get an A. I totally agree. I mean, uh, uh, the salesman
1: is outstanding. Maurice, uh, uh, if you're not listening, somebody else is listening, uh, I just want to thank you for a real professional effort. So uh, you got an A, and it's very rare in this panel to get an A. Nancy,
2: well, <clears throat> I have to say, without a doubt.
1: Oh, wait a minute! I forgot to get the uh, the score from Rick on uh, on uh, the dealership. Easy pay. How would you rank the dealership?
6: Uh, not having seen the place, although the description might be there, they look a little rough. I I still would give them an A. As a matter of fact, I'd even say send Bill Wallace an email, telling him he ought to walk on, walk up to Maurice, shake his hand, and yep. say, "Hey, you did good."
1: I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to do that. Okay, Nancy.
2: Uh, I was going to say that uh, y- even in uh, light of the fact of uh, y- you know what the dealership looked like, uh, you, you buy here, pay here, you get what you see, you see what you get. Um, I have to give the dealership an A, all the way around
0: the black widow wow i am
2: sit down for <laughs> yeah. this one boys
1: first day ever for the black widow mm-hmm. wow and the uh of course you said an a for maurice too
2: all the way around in okay. a
1: Stu? well
0: uh, excuse I, I, me Yes.
2: until we prove otherwise
0: yes that's true we could all be very very disappointed yeah. in a couple of days yeah. but um, well, we'll go back yeah yeah yeah. the um i'm gonna say si- well I'm glad this is the uh, general consensus, but, you know, call me naive. I believe that uh, Maurice didn't know uh, the way Agent X described his reaction. We spoke. I always uh, debrief the the shoppers. He he looked really surprised when he he saw the recalls. And also, they could have gotten the recalls done. We know that with the inconsistency with Carfax, and there is a delay, that the Carfax report still showed the recalls, yet they
1: could have been done. Well, Mm -hmm. Stu, tell them what you found out with the— all of the Takata airbag recalls yes. and all the Wallace. Yeah. Import. Prior to w- discovering that Easy Pay Cars was part of the Wallace
0: Auto Group, uh, we were searching Wallace's inventories. Couldn't find a single Takata car.
1: Yeah. So you it know it this does sound like a fluke. Yeah.
0: And we found lots of cars that should have had the recalls, uh, Hondas in the uh, in those the range of years, Fords, and none of them had it. So yeah.
1: Okay. So grade uh, AA. 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 Uh,
2: um, we have uh we have a vote someone text in and linda gives them a b
0: a b yep and we have another one uh from frank and jupiter farm says definitely put on the do shop list
1: fantastic
2: i'm sorry uh linda changed her mind a
1: a all right fantastic well this is uh certainly this is a uh, uh the happiest momentous report. it's, it's <laughs> a very overwhelming <laughs> I'm, I, I'm speechless i we've never given a's i'm going to give a's very to both. overwhelming. And. Uh, and uh, it's just amazing to me that we could have uh, uh, a perfect report on a sales salesman and a car dealership. And uh, I'm just uh, really happy. Uh, it would have been embarrassing if we really had to give him a f- failure. Then I would have had to uh, tell my friend Bill Wallace that we flunked his the dealership and his salesperson. Now I'm going to take Rick's advice. I'm going to send uh, Bill Wallace an email and thank him very much. For the great dealership, so uh, let's let's uh, do a little commercial for E.C. Pay Cars and Bill Wallace dealerships in Martin County and Maurice. And Maurice, if you want to buy a car, you've got marginal credit. Give Maurice a call at E.C. Pay in Stuart. Uh, he's the only A we've given out in my memory. I can't remember an A. Yeah, yeah. I think we've given an A
0: to a salesperson, yeah. but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Maurice, I'd call you and try to hire you for my dealership if Bill Wallace wasn't my friend. I might do it anyway. I don't know. Anyway, congratulations. And he's going on the recommended list. Easy pay cars in Stewart.
2: Maurice gets a box of chocolates. (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, your votes still will be counted. All you have to do is uh, text us at 772-497-6530. And that mystery shop uh, is uh, from Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, Florida, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a moment and thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars, and wish you all a wonderful weekend. And we'll be we'll be back yeah. next week right here at the old oldest channel. <laughs>